for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In this message, the Archbishop sheds light on one of the fundamental keys to obtaining and releasing the blessing of God by being Christ-like. By striving to renew our mind with the word, our character becomes the catalyst to our breakthrough. Become an Archbishop Nick podcast supporter. When you become a member of Archbishop Nick's podcast, you can believe that the same wisdom, favour and blessing upon the Archbishop's life will come upon you. All that God has commissioned the Archbishop to do is done with the help of a team and membership is about coming alongside him to be part of that team. Membership connects you with the work, rewards and anointing of this ministry and you will share in the heavenly rewards of every soul saved, every person delivered, and every life changed. Start your membership today at $5 a month for the Zebulon tribe, $15 a month is a car tribe, $25 a month Joshua tribe. Check the link below and sign up today for exclusive podcasts and free downloadable resources. Know today that this is God's word of revelation for you. Be empowered as you listen. God has been good to us. God has helped us and brought us that far. And we are grateful. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for how far he has brought us. But tonight, we've had so many speakers, so many teachers throughout the week. And I want to speak to you from a different dimension. I want to speak to you as a father, and I want to speak to you from a heart of concern about my observation concerning the Church of Jesus Christ and what I see. And um, I don't think I have a title. There are so many things in my heart. But I want to say, uh, what next? Because it's been a great time. It's been a great time in the presence of God. And so many people say, we are blessed. And some people are saying, let's plan for the next impact. And we're hearing, we're hearing all kinds of things. But after all this blessing, after all this impartation and empowerment and anointing and revelation and insight and the open doors and everything, what next? Where do we go from here? Are we going to continue to find out, oh, is there any latest happening in town or online who is the latest man or woman of God uh, what is the latest conference or prayer meeting online or in town that we may run to we keep running everywhere we keep going everywhere and we keep falling under the power and we cry and we fall and, and we are anointed with oil and we wake up and we are still the same and there is no transformation and that bothers me and it worries me come with me to what next Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, 
and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Please go back to 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Stop there, before having dominion. God's original intent for mankind and for humanity has not changed. He had a reason in the beginning. But the Bible said that God created the heavens and he created the earth. Which stands to reason logically that God does not dwell in heaven, nor the earth. He lives in his own realm. Because if he dwells in heaven, then he wouldn't have come on the scene to create heaven and earth. Because before the heavens and the earth was created, God existed. So he came from nowhere, wherever the realm he dwells in, he just came and said, I'm creating heaven and I'm creating the earth. Then he said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. Underline the word, our own image and likeness. That was the original intent and has not changed. And after making man in our own image and after our own likeness, then they are qualified to access dominion. That you can't have dominion until you operate in the image and likeness of Almighty God. Somebody say, I hear you. Come with me to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent for the Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Understand that God's original intent is still being revealed, that what God intended for humanity right from the beginning was sabotage, when the serpent came into the garden, the enemy came in through the flesh or the body of the serpent, understanding that demons and Satan himself is illegal and cannot come to the earth because the earth was given to man to govern it. So you can't come to this earth without the legal door. And the legal door to come into this earth or planet is the womb of a woman. That's why Jesus himself has to wrap himself in the womb of a woman to be born in order for him to come into the earth. So you can't come here. So Satan is illegal. And that's why Satan must always find somebody, flesh and blood, in order for him to operate or function in the earth. Without flesh and blood, demons and the devil cannot function. But God can because he came through the womb of a woman, which is the legal entry point to the planet. Now, Satan came in through the serpent and contaminated the original intent of God, which is the image of God in man. And God said, I will bypass Adam and I will reintroduce my image. So Jesus came on the scene as the express image of God to restore you and I to the garden again and to bring us back to God's original intent. Somebody put your hands together and say, I hear you. It doesn't matter how powerful and how great any one of us become in this life. Until we are conformed to the image of his son, 
who is the express image of God, we can never access and walk in dominion as God requires of us. Because before man was blessed, and before he said be fruitful, before he said multiply, before he gave man dominion, before he said subdue the earth, the first thing was to make us in his own image after his own likeness. So it's being in his image and after his own likeness that gives you and I the right or the audacity to access dominion. And the reason why so many people struggle in life when it comes to dominion is because even though we are born again, for whatever reason, Christ has not been forming us. We are still walking in the Adamic nature. The Bible said, be not conformed, but be ye transformed. So you can be born again and be conformed and not transformed. And I want to talk to you tonight. Where do we go from here? Are we still going to be moving from meetings to meetings after we are so blessed? What next? What are you going to do with all these blessings? What are you going to do with the open doors and the anointings and the giftings and the empowerment and the inside you, are, you have received? Are you going back to business as usual or after tonight? After tonight, you are going to make an impact. You're going to make a difference. In the life of others for it is said and believed that through success and genuine legacy of a man is not the amount of money you commanded or you have or the assets or the possession you possess while you are alive but it's the difference you made in the life of others so we can either make a difference in the life of others or we'll just be as we are and keep saying i'm blessed i'm blessed i'm blessed but a blessing that does not reflect in the life of others is bankruptcy. So you can't say you are blessed when your life and your blessing is not showing and reflecting and impacting others. Somebody say, I hear you. Come with me to Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? So Jesus is that image of the invisible God that God expects and requires you and I to become like. When we get born again, the one expectation God has of you and I is to become like Jesus. And until we become like Jesus, our Christianity is sinking sand. And I worry about the Christians, pastors, apostles, evangelists, prophets, men and women of God that I see today. I look at and I look at the way we operate and the way we handle one another and the things we do and how we take advantage of one another and how we hate one another and how there's so much envy and jealousy and fleshly things even among musicians everything I watch everything I was sitting down and I was watching the musician everything there is too much flesh and ego everybody wants to be the best everybody wants to outsmart somebody and it's with preachers it's with singers it's with prophets it's with archbishop it's with apostles it's with all of us we are all bunch of sick people you, you don't have to be excited I have authority to say it because I've been preaching for 46 years and sometimes I get I get driven I get sad when I see even people who call themselves men of God using the pulpit of others and and using the 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 stages of others you give them opportunity and they use your stage to hurt you 
and you have Christians and members of the congregation. I was telling somebody, I said, the church is not growing like it should grow. Because what we have, what we have in the church today is transfer growth. Somebody comes on the scene and he hasn't win a soul. And he uses a need he finds in the church that everybody wants breakthrough, everybody wants to pray. And uses that to gather a congregation. And next thing he starts a church with people who are not born again, but with members of another person's church. And you call yourself a man of God, you are sick. Something is wrong with you. You are not Jenny, you are fake. And I speak by authority from the throne room perspective that you are fake. Come with me to Romans 8, 29. For whom he did foreknow, mm -hmm. he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So watch this. The one expectation after we got born again that God has of you and I is for us to conform. Somebody say conform, conform. Conform what? To the image of his son. God wants you and I to be like Jesus. And until we become like Jesus and we look like Jesus and we act like Jesus and we talk like Jesus, all our giftings and our prophecy and the mysteries and the revelation means nothing to God. What God requires of us is to become like Jesus. And I want you to live here. To have one desire as you live here. I want to be like Jesus. I want to act like Jesus. I, I, I want to talk like Jesus. I want to conform to the image of the Son of God. Say yes. Let's look at some of the things, some of the characteristics of the image and the likeness of the Son of God. The Son of God. Come with me to Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Peace. Love. Love. It's one of the signs and the characteristics of Jesus, our Savior. And I'm asking myself, where is the love of God among us? Where is the love of God? It's too much of strife, competition, divisions. That is not the image of God. Power is not the image of God. God is not power. God is love. Are you hearing me, somebody? I thank God for power. But the God you and I serve is more than power. He's love. And where is the love of God among us? I want you to think as you live here because people are dying. People are sinking among us. And we don't even see it. We don't know who among us is sinking and dying. And we're going to leave this place the same as we came. And all over and all around us, people are hurting. And they are dying. And we can't even feel it because... We are not conforming to his image. Love, go ahead. Joy. Joy. Peace. Peace. Yeah. How, how, how joyful are you? How much of God's peace do you have? And are you a peacemaker? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. What are you? Are you one that makes peace in the body, or you cause strife and divisions or conflict among the brethren? Peace. The God of peace shall soon bruise Satan under your feet. Why is the peace of God? Why is the joy of God? Unbelievers and people look at us and they don't want to come to our churches. They don't want to be like us. 
Because when they look at us, they don't see the joy, they don't see the peace, they don't see the love of God, and they don't want and they don't like what they see. Because we come to church, we receive all this power, and we go back and we fight. We fight people. Go ahead. Long suffering. Why is there long suffering? We are angry over everything, offended over everything hurt over everything we don't have the staying power to endure anything where is the long suffering long suffering is part of god's nature it's part of the likeness of christ that god wants you and i to conform to that we have long suffering being able to bear one another's burden overlooking the faults of one another overlooking the mistakes of one another because if we don't get to that place where we mature and get to the place where we can look overlook at the faults of one another we will end up destroying one another the devil doesn't have to come and fight us he will set us up to fight one another long suffering go ahead gentleness why is how gentle are you we have the power but we are harsh we are mean one to another we are critical of one another. We're not gentle. Jesus, how loving you are. Are you loving? You are so gentle. How pure are you? How kind are you? gentle are you not how powerful you are i know a lot of powerful people and i don't want to be like them i don't want what they have because after all their power and after all their giftings and everything when i see them after the demonstration of power and of their giftings and everything i don't like what i see and i don't want it there's no kindness there's no purity there's no sanctification. There's no gentleness among us anymore. Those are the attributes. Those are the things that Jesus' walked on earth, demonstrated, showed forth. He was of a different breed. He was a different human being and animal. He wasn't like everybody else. And God said, that is what I want. Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. When people see you, they must see Jesus. When people see, what do they see? I want you to be like Jesus. I want people to see you and see Jesus. And until they see Jesus, you are a hypocrite. Goodness. Goodness. Where is the goodness? There's no goodness among us anymore. There's no compassion. We don't feel for one another anymore. We really don't care about what goes on with anybody. We are so much into ourselves and so selfish and it's always about us and it's me, 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 me. Where is the kindness? Where is the goodness of God? There's no goodness. The Bible says God is good and you got to be good. You are good. It's part of the image of God that 
God wants us to demonstrate that when people see you, they see the goodness of God. Where is the goodness of God? Go ahead. Faith. Where is faith? When you hear the things we say, our confession and our language is full of fear, is full of unbelief. We don't speak the word. The Bible says in the book of Joshua 1 8 that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. It shall not depart from thy mouth. What comes out of your mouth? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What comes out of the, your heart? If you want to know who a person is, listen to the words from their mouth. And I don't need the descending of spirit to know who you are. When I just listen to the words that comes out of your mouth about yourself, about others, about your community, about your church, about your nation, I know exactly who you are and your level in the spirit. Go ahead. Meekness. Meekness. How meek are you? What is meekness? Strength or power under control. Under control. Self-control. Self-governance. You can govern your feelings. Govern your emotion. You have the power to react, to retaliate, but you don't. You just let it go. It's not every fight you fight. Meekness. Strength under control. Power under control. Are you one that controls the way you feel? Your emotions. Or you are one that is governed by the way you feel. How much of God's ability to manage and to control your emotions do you have? So many of us are controlled by the way we feel. Anything can vex you. Anything provokes you. And you react to everything. You got to come to a place when men can predict you. When the enemy cannot predict you. When nothing provokes you. The Bible said in Psalm 119 verse 165. He said, great peace have they that love your law. Nothing offends them. Today we have a generation of believers who are offended by anything. Offended by everything. And if you are the kind offended by everything and anything, the enemy will always offend you. Because offense is a bait, it's a trap, it's an ambushment. And there are so many of us, we are so gifted, so anointed, but we haven't mastered our feelings. We haven't mastered our emotions. And anybody who cannot master their emotions cannot be true leaders. That was the problem that Samson had. Samson was gifted. Samson was anointed. Samson was powerful. With his hands, without anything, he could kill a lion. The young man was strong. But he couldn't govern his emotion. He had a problem with self-control. He lacked self-control. And until we learn and cultivate the attitude of mastering our emotions and ourselves, we are no match to the enemy. Hallelujah. Temperance. Temperance. Go ahead. And against such, there is no law. He said, and all of these are the attributes of his image. That if you possess his image and operate all these different characteristics and manifestations of his image, you are bound. You can't be subjected to the law. You can't be enslaved by the law. You operate at a whole nother level altogether. You operate by the law of aerodynamics. The law of gravity can pull you down, can hold you down, can bring you down because you're operating by the law of aerodynamics. 
and that is what his image can do. Put your hands together, somebody, and give him praise. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Listen, I believe in tongues. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you. I love speaking in tongues. Go ahead. But have not love. Yeah. I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Sounding brass with all the tongues and the shambite and the shinamite. He said you can speak in all the tongues you want to and show all this spirituality. But if there is no love in it, you are nothing. Go ahead. And though I have the gift of prophecy. Say, I possess the gifts of prophecy. Go ahead. Go ahead. And understand all mysteries and understand all knowledge. Understand all mysteries. I can demystify mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith. And I have faith. So that I can remove mountains. I move mountains, raise the dead. But I have not love, I am nothing. Yes, sir. Nothing. So moving mountains is not enough. Demystifying mysteries is not enough. Possessing the power of giving prophecy. And yet living a life of hatred. Jealousy, envy exploiting, taking advantage of God's people and others. And you know, you know you are wrong. And yet, you have no conscience. It really doesn't matter. As long as you get what you want to get and what you want is fine. And God said, if I do all of this and I have no love, which is part of the image and the likeness of God, which Christ is, which God said, above everything, I want you to be conformed to his image. That is the ultimate, not raising the dead, not moving mountains, not silver, not gold, but being like Jesus. I don't know about you, but you know something? I've been preaching, I've walked this path for many years, and, and I've walked with the high, the great, the low, and the small. And one thing I desire than anything else is to be like Jesus. The Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the altar, and the finisher of our faith. I don't look to anybody anymore. I respect people. I respect men. I respect women who have applied themselves to the knowledge of God and walk with God. But at the end of the day, I'm looking to Jesus. Amen. The altar and the finisher of my faith. That is what I want to be. I don't know about you, more of you. You make my life so beautiful. Thank you. And as you are, you have made me There's nothing greater than this. That's why I love you. Scarlet uh -huh. run about the hem thereof, uh -huh. and bells of gold between them round about, uh -huh. 
a golden bell and a pomegranate. A golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the rope roundabout. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister. And his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before the Lord. And when he cometh out, that he die not. So, this is about the high priest going into the presence of God, the holy of holies. And God said, I want you to have a bell and I want you to have a fruit. To every bell, I want a fruit next to it. The bell that rings stands for the gifts of the spirit. But God said, at the same time that you are operating the gift, I want the fruit also to go with the gifts. I want character to go with the gifts. So where all you see and hear is the gifts, the gifts, the gifts without character, God said that you die not. So a lot of the reason for premature death in the church and in the body among preachers and members of the church it's because we are so caught up with the gifts the bell ringing we want manifestations of the gifts and we don't want the fruits of the spirit he said to every gift to every bell i want the fruit next to it so that you are bearing fruit and at the same time you are manifesting the gift so gift with character is what determines longevity and gift without the fruit which is character can cause you to die prematurely i was telling somebody i said i have this book on understanding the prophetic and there's so much abuse and i have suffered it myself so much abuse of the prophetic and as i taken my time to study I realize that one of the true signs of the prophetic is holiness. And I'll show it to you. Holiness. And anybody who claims to possess prophetic giftings and powers without Holy Ghost, you are fake. I'm just telling you. On authority of the word, I'm telling you, nobody must claim to be a prophet who does not walk in holiness and purity and sanctification. Whoever says they are prophet and they are without holiness and purity, they are not prophet. They are working with divination. It's something else and not the Holy Spirit. If you are true prophet, you possess holiness. See, I hear you. And I'll show you scriptures to back it. Number two, if you are true prophet, you solve problems. Tomorrow by this time, tomorrow by this time. What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? Prophets solve problems. They don't just reveal the cause of the problem, but they solve problem. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was Israel preserved. Master, alas, the axe was borrowed. And he brought a solution. He didn't tell them this is because the city of Jericho is cursed, even though it was cursed. Two prophets, they bring solution. They bring answers. And if you are a prophet who can't solve problems, and all you do is to put fear in people and tell them they're going to die, and this person is a witch and this person is that, and that is all you know to do. You ain't no prophet. You are walking with the spirit of divination. Make us soon to lick us. Sidakutu Luka and the Lassata. 
Let their divinations and their enchantment in the name of Jesus be disadvantaged. Let their predictions backfire on their head. Let their projections be overturned. Let their powers be revoked in the name of the Lord Jesus. And a true prophet, a true prophet must be an intercessor. Jesus is the best prophet we've ever had. He prayed throughout his life on earth. And he's been gone for 2,000 years. Hebrews 7, 25. And all he does is to pray. I believe in prophecy. I am a product of prophecy. And I believe in prophecy. But there's so much abuse. That's why I wrote the book, Understanding the Prophetic. There's a difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets. Under the Old Testament, we were led by prophets. But under the New Testament, we are led by inner witness and the Holy Spirit. We are led by intuition and by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by prophets, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God and by the witness of the Spirit. Somebody say, I hear you. We need the true prophetic in the church like never before. But we also have to correct this foolishness. And this confusion and nonsense going around, everybody calling themselves. Today, I was praying with some guys and one of them perceived something and then the other one said, uh, I, I want to confirm what Professor so-and-so said. And I said, look at you. I said, you will stop this foolishness of calling everybody prophet, prophet. I said, he's not a prophet before, because he can see. He's not a prophet because he prophesied. Because everybody can prophesy, but not everybody can be a prophet. There are qualifications for a prophet. And the fact that you prophesy and you see doesn't make you a prophet. But a lot of people are ignorant of the scriptures. And people have realized that so many people are ignorant. They won't take time to study the word and seek God. And be in the presence of God for themselves. So everybody is a prophet. And it makes you popular. And if you're a true prophet, you shouldn't be offended. If you're a true prophet, you should be thankful that I'm correcting error. Because there's so much error about the prophetic that a time will come and so many genuine prophets will not be heard anymore if we don't correct the error about the prophetic. Put your hands together and say yes. Come with me quickly. Come with me to Colossians 1, 27 to 28. Let's run through some scriptures quickly. To whom God would have made known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery. Uh-huh. Of this mystery among the Gentiles, which yeah. is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the only thing that gives us hope when it comes to our future. Christ in you, the hope of the future. The hope of the future is the Christ in you and I. Without him, there is no hope for tomorrow. This world is in trouble. This world is not going anywhere. This world is already condemned. It's not going to get any better out there. Don't be fooled. I don't care what any politician tells you. This world is not going to get any better. It's going to get darker and darker and darker out there, but brighter and brighter inside here. Come on, put your hands there. That's what is going to happen. Whom we preach, mm -hmm. warning every man mm -hmm. and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Uh-huh. I have a responsibility to present you perfect. And he said, which we preach. 
and we warn every man. Today there is no warning in the church. All our preaching is about making people glad and making them happy. And people come to church and they go back home without any conviction and continue to leave and do the things they used to do and feel free. They don't care. But there's no conviction. Somebody got to warn you. Preach and warn you so you will live right and realize that there will come a day when we shall all stand before the master. And everybody works will be tested by fire. I was telling a young preacher the other day, I said, be careful, young man. I said, I see you're doing very well, but what's your motive? What's your motive for the things you are doing? Because it shall be judged. I said, don't be excited of the fact that you are trending on social media. Today, somebody can go to the toilet and sit on the toilet and cough, and it will trend on social media. And they'll have people following them. Did you see the man sitting on the toilet, coughing? I'm sending it to you. And they are trending. The fact that you are trending doesn't mean you're anointed. The fathers I work with and the fathers that I submitted to, some of them didn't have a mega church, like Ora Roberts. He was in my house. He was here in action. President Ora Roberts didn't have a church. Dr. Samron, one of my spiritual fathers, had a small church in South Bend, Indiana. I lived there for two years. It was in a mega church. But Dr. Samron, was a man that walked with God and knew God. My grandfather in the faith, T.L. Osborne, when I was taken into heaven, they showed me the city of T.L. Osborne and I said, that is my grandfather in the faith. I came back into my body after an hour, 30 minutes. I flew to Tulsa, Oklahoma, through Houston, Texas, on Continental. Then the Spirit said to me, go through Chicago. I called Elsie, I said, Elsie, Route me through Chicago. She said, why? I said, I don't know, but route me through Chicago. That is the witness of the spirit. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear. I just knew by my spirit, go to Chicago. So I got to Chicago. My flight was delayed for two hours. And I said, what am I doing here? Two hours. My flight is delayed. What am I doing here? So I went to get a cappuccino. I was standing in a line at Starbucks waiting for my turn to get cappuccino. And the spirit sat inside of me, not my ears. You see, the spirit speaks from within. It doesn't speak from your ears, all these things. And I had it clear, and I had it clear, my friend. The spirit speaks from within. Stop all that spirituality. You heard what? His spirit, listen, listen, listen to what the Bible said. The Bible said, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What does that mean? That means God will enlighten and educate you through your spirit, not your head, not your senses, not your logic. He works through your spirit, but we are so lazy that we are running everywhere for the latest prayer meeting online, the latest man of God, the latest woman of God, and we don't take our time to tarry and wait before God ourselves to receive from on high. We follow everything like babies and kids. The spirit of man is the candle of the law. So if God is going to enlighten you and speak to you, he doesn't do it through your head. He does it through your spirit. And that's why we must take time to develop the spirit man. And then God said, the spirit said, lift up your eyes. And I lifted up my eyes. And Dr. T.L. Osborne was sitting there. And I went and said, Grandpa, 
He said, Nicholas, sit down. And I said, Grandpa, I saw your city in heaven. And he smiled. And he said, that's why I'm over 80 and I'm still traveling and preaching the gospel. And after 80, he came to Ghana, held a meeting on these grounds here. After 80 years, Dr. T.L. Osborne. He didn't have a mega church. He wasn't on television. He wasn't on social media. And yet, he was weighty. He was heavy. He walked with God. When you are in his presence, you know that you are in the presence of God. You can tell that you've been in the presence of God. By the time you leave his presence, something changes. Something happens. Your life is impacted. And you know that I've been in his presence. He wasn't big. He didn't have a church building. He didn't build anything. But he impacted the world. I'm not too impressed with what I see today. Where are the two men? Where are the two women of God? Who carry the presence of Adonai. That you stand in their presence. And you are convicted of sin. And you leave their presence. And you know you've been in the presence of Almighty God. The generation of social media. What impresses people? Looking good and wanting to be the biggest. It's all about success. And hear me, let me tell you something. Success, man's definition of success is different from God's definition of success. I'm just telling you. When we cross over to the other side, a lot of you will be shocked. You see people trending on social media, huge and big. And they played games. And the day we stand before the Lord, the Lord will say, I know you not. And somebody said, Father, Papa, Papa, how come, how come the Lord will say, I know you not? And they will say, but we performed miracles in your name. We raised the dead in your name. We did mighty deeds in your name. And he will say, I know you not. You workers of iniquity. What does iniquity mean? Lawlessness. That means you serve God on your own terms. You run the race. But you ignore the rules of the game. So you finish the race, but you are disqualified. Hey, 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 hey. Be careful how you are running this race, oh. Because the day is coming when we shall give an account. Whether we follow the rules or we did it on our own terms. That day is coming. And you know why I can preach the way I'm preaching? I am in a place where I really don't care whether you like me or don't. It really doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you, I've preached thousands of messages and I don't care about preaching a good message and making anybody happy anymore. I just want to preach what I believe the Spirit is giving to me, that on that day when I stand before him, I went to a church in America and the Lord told me what to preach. And when I started, the people weren't responding, so I switched to something else and they were standing, clapping, shouting and very happy. And when I went to my hotel room, I was so grieved and sad in my spirit. And the Lord said to me, you didn't follow my instructions. You didn't obey me. You made the people happy, but you grieved my spirit. Because you preach something that will make them like you. You want to be liked by people. You want to be in the good books of people than being in my good books. And from that day, I repented and I said, Lord, no more. I will say whatever you want me to say, irrespective of the response of the people, I will tell them the truth. 
And sometimes, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, I have not found any good medicine that is sweet. Every good medicine I've ever taken is bitter. Come with me to Romans 8.19. Quickly. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earnest creation. Of Almighty God is waiting for the manifestation of the true sons and daughters of God. These sons of God are those who have conformed to his image, his express image. You see them and you've seen Jesus. That is what the world is seeking for. The world is not seeking for some powerful people to move mountains. They are seeking for the manifestation of the true sons of Almighty God who possess the express image of the Son of the Living God. Put your hands together, somebody. Let me run you through some scriptures quickly. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Watch this, Acts 11, 26. Look. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church mm -hmm. and taught much people. Mm -hmm. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. First! They were called Christians. Today, everybody is a Christian. We don't show the true attributes of Christianity. We don't look like Jesus. But these people, people saw them and said, these guys are Christians. What does it mean? They look like Christ. They look like Jesus. They manifest, they demonstrate the nature and the image of the Son of God. And they call them Christians. I want men and women to see you, where you've come from, the house you live in, to look at you and say you look like Jesus. You are just like Jesus. And until you look like Jesus. And until the unbelievers and people see you. And can tell that you look like Jesus. You are fake. You are not genuine. They saw them and said they are Christians. They look like Christ. Come with me. Look at Acts 17 and 6. Acts 17 and 6. And when they found them out, mm -hmm. they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, mm -hmm. These that have turned the world upside down yes, are sir. come hither also. Yes, sir. Somebody say, yes sir. yes, sir. Who are these that have turned the world upside down? Today, they are selling 40,000 church buildings in France. 1,000 church buildings are being sold in the UK. Where are the Christians who used to fill those congregations? We've lost it. And if you are not told the truth, if we are not warned, there will come a generation that will not know God and attend church. Because our children can tell who we are. They know us very well. We can pretend to anybody, but we can't pretend to our kids. We can't pretend at home. These are they that turn the world upside down. What have you turned around? What have you turned upside down? We are not turning anything upside down or around. But if you are a Christian and you are like Christ, this must be your testimony. When you leave impact, go out there, turn some things upside down. Make an impact. Be a curse breaker. Be a game changer. First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4 verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect. Yes, sir. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Uh -huh. Because as he is, so are we. So we well. will have boldness in the day of what? Judgment. A day of judgment. 
not to be sent to hell, but a day when each one of us will give an account for what we did with the life given us, the time, the resources, the giftings, everything we are and have, we'll give an account for it. Listen, this Christian life is not for you. It cost somebody his blood. It cost somebody his life. When he hung on the cross, he said, my father, my father, why have thou forsaken me? It cost him his blood. For you and I to be set free. Not to live the life we want to live. Not to be what we want to be. But to be what he requires and expects us to be. And one day, that judgment will be the day when we have to give an account for what we did with the time given us. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Be conformed to his image. For you are ambassadors. And that is who you are. Each one of us, the Bible says, as he is, so are we here on earth. You are an ambassador. When people see you, they must see Jesus. And until they see Jesus, you are not a Christian. You're not a Christian. A Christian looks like Jesus. Whatever you go, how you talk, how you act, how you conduct yourself. How you deal with your people, how you deal with friends, loved ones, family, your staff, everything must reflect the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 3. If those things are not seen and, and manifest in your life, something is wrong with your Christianity. You are not a Christian. Christians are Christ-like people. Driven by his image. They look like Jesus. They turn the world upside down. That is who Christians are. Somebody say, talk to me. Galatians 4.19. Galatians 4.19. My little children, mm -hmm. of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. This is the problem with the church. We're not traveling anymore. We're not interceding. We're not praying anymore. Listen, nothing happens in this kingdom without travail. Anything that happens in this kingdom without travail will not last. For whatsoever is born of God, not whosoever, but whatsoever, businesses, investments, land, deals, dreams, thoughts, ideas, whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. We are doing things without submitting it to the place of travail. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Jesus was born. Mary had to travail to bring forth the Son of God. There's no traveling anymore. We want overnight instant miracles, instant breakthroughs. That's why we run everywhere. We follow everywhere. You don't even know who they are, what they, where they've come from, at whose feet they land, who brought them up, who trained them. You follow everything. You swallow everything. You eat everything like a kid. And that's what children do. They eat everything. From today, I want you to be mature. I want you to grow up. Come with me to John chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. John 3, 3 to 5. Jesus answered and said unto him, uh -huh, Verily, 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 I say unto thee, mm -hmm. Except a man be born again, mm -hmm. he cannot see the kingdom of God. Underline that. Two things here. Very serious scripture here. Go ahead. Uh -huh. Nicodemus uh -huh. saith unto him, uh -huh. How can a man be born again when he is old? Uh -huh. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? That is logic. Uh -huh. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh -huh. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom so of God. So two things here. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. And except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. So there's a difference between seeing the kingdom and entering the kingdom. And the Bible said, with much tribulation shall we enter into the kingdom. Moses saw the promised land, but he did not enter. Joshua saw the promised land and entered the promised land. So in order for you, not just to see, but to enter, you need the workings and the dealings of the Spirit of God. And you need to be washed by the washing of water by the Word. You need your mind renewed. You need transformation. You need to be transformed. You need to think differently. You need to have the mind of Christ. You can't be like everybody else. I know a lot of you have seen the kingdom. But whether you enter what you've seen is another matter. Come with me. To Isaiah 66 verse 8. Who has heard such a thing? Yes, sir. Who have seen such things? Uh -huh. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Yes, sir. Or shall a nation be born at once? Uh -huh. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Every one of you seated under the sound of my voice are pregnant. You are pregnant with some heavy duty cargo. You are pregnant with some great dreams. You are pregnant with vision. Some of you are pregnant with nations. You are pregnant with communities. You are pregnant with cities. Some of you are mega, mega, mega billionaires. Some of you are mega, mega. You are moguls. You are financial moguls and oil shakes and tycoons. But it's within you. And until you learn how to travel to give birth to that thing you are carrying, you can move from meeting to meetings and have every man of God to lay hands upon you and that thing ain't coming forth. You got to travel. Colossians 4.12 Epaphras, Epaphras, who is one of you, one a of servant you. of Christ. He wasn't an apostle, not a prophet, not a great man of God. He was one of you, ordinary like anybody else in the church. Uh -huh. A servant of Christ. A servant of Christ. Saluteth you. Salutes you. Always laboring fervently. Always for you. in travail fervently for you. For you. In prayers. In prayers. That you may stand perfect. That and you complete. will stand perfect and complete. In all the will of God. In all the will of God. That is what it takes for people to stand perfect and complete. You know, the other day, somebody tried to use the name of Jesus, and the demon said, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. But who are you? And people can use the name of Jesus and God will honor. He will honor his name. Because you can take a key of a car and go to the car park and you can start that car with the key and the key will respond and the car will go. The car will move, but that doesn't mean you own the car. So you can use the name of Jesus and demons will obey because at the mention of his name, every knee of things in heaven and under the earth shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And the disciples said, Jesus, the demons are subject to us in your name. In your name. Luke 10, 17. They are subject to us. They are not subject to you and I. They are subject to the name of the master. Say yes. Let me give you some more scriptures quickly. Before we pray, come with me to, to the book of Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that, believe, that come to God by him. Uh -huh. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So Jesus walked the earth 30 years and 3 years 
He finished his work and said on the cross, it is finished. I'm done. My job is done, said Jesus. And for over 2,000 years, he ever lives to do only one thing to intercede for you and I that we may conform to the image of God Almighty. That is the business of travail and intercession. That is the business he's into. Interceding, not teaching, not prophesying. Prayer is, is a serious business. It's serious business. And if you don't believe it, try and pray. Because the only way, the only way you learn to pray is to pray. Come with me to Isaiah 30, 53 verse 11. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. He will see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Let me tell you, true satisfaction is a product of travail. If you don't know how to travail in prayer and in the spirit, you will never know satisfaction in life. And that's why a lot of Christians are depressed and walking around depressed. Somebody said to me, Papa, you are so cool in the mix of everything. You don't look like you are going through something. And I said, I understand. Because I've learned not to let my emotions determine my directions. Not to let the way I feel determine the outcome of my circumstances. I have learned to master feelings and emotions. In the mix of it, I have learned to rule in the mix of my enemies. And to maintain the upper hand, irrespective of what's going on around me. Modala Katumadaha. Lift up your hands. Pray in the spirit for one minute. Come on, lift up your hand. Pray in the Holy Ghost for one minute. I can't hear you. Those of you online, at home, wherever you are, just lift up your hands. Pray in the Holy Ghost for one minute. Just one minute. Pray in other tongues. Okay, stop there. Give me, give me Ephesians 4, 14. Ephesians 4, 14. Let me move fast. In that there. we henceforth be no more children. That we henceforth be no more kids. Go ahead. Tossed to and fro. Tossed to and fro. Riding all over the place. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Have you heard? They said, you just cough or blow and people fall on the power. After you fall on the power, when you get out from under the power, and you still look the same. Nothing has changed. Nothing is transformed. Please. You know, as much as I, I get miracles and I believe in healings and miracles and I get them all the time, I don't dwell on them anymore. When I was a young preacher, I used to be excited about miracles and excited about healings. And when I hear what God has done, I get so excited about it. These days, I don't. You know what excites me? When I see the likeness and image of God in somebody, when I see that kindness, when I see that long suffering, when I see the peace of God, when I see the joy of God, when I see the manifestation of his likeness and image in people, that is what draws me and excites me. Don't forget what I told you. I don't preach to impress people anymore. I stopped that long time ago. Yeah. I was in a mega church in America. Huge church. And I went to preach. And you know what my, the title of my message was? pray or die simple I just came and said today my preaching is this pray or die carried about with every wind of doctrine carried about me with every wing of doctrine but have you heard have you this guy they say he's powerful they say he's performing argument. they say this they said that then you jump then you are lying then you are all over the place you are a baby nah. 
Yeah. Still on blasphemy. You don't want to grow. What next? After impact, we are blessed. Papa, it was powerful. Oh, Papa, 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 it was powerful. Papa, I was blessed. What next? Going back to business as usual. What was the, what was the use of putting this all together? If you, you remain the same, go back to the same environment you came from. The same. Nothing has changed. You are still the same wife, the same husband, the same son, the same daughter. Nothing has changed. Go ahead. By the slate of men uh-huh. and cunning craftiness, whereby, craftiness. whereby they lie in wait to deceive. to deceive people. The day Jesus comes, it will be scary. I'm telling you. Let me show you another scripture. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. As for my people, uh-huh. children are the oppressors. Children oppress them. And women rule over them. They follow over people. They follow after people who haven't been tested, haven't been tried. Oh people my. who haven't been, they haven't been tested, they haven't been tried, they haven't gone through process. You don't even know who they are, their background, where they came from, who trained them, who laid hands on them, at who feet did they stand. You follow everything. You don't ask questions. You don't investigate. You don't check on anything. When I had a testimony, I said to Bishop Kibi, do you know this guy? I said, bring him. Let me hear him. And when he, I asked him one, two questions, and I said, the testimony is great. I've seen the pictures, but I want to check him out first before he stands before my people. I'm not just going to let him come here because the testimony. And I said, I want to, I want to investigate. I want to check him out. I need some proof. I need some evidence. And after talking to him and hearing him and listening to my spirit, I said, okay, you pass. I don't just get excited about miracles. I, have, I see so many miracles in ministry. I don't even talk about them. It doesn't impress me. I'm telling you what impresses me the most. Oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err. Yes, sir. And destroy the way of thy path. Okay, give me Acts 17, 21. Acts 17, 21. Colossians. For all the Athenians and, and strangers which were they spent their time in nothing else yeah but either to tell or to hear some new thing that's all they did the Athenians they they won't study the word they went into the scriptures themselves all they were doing was to tell and to hear tell you what's the latest what's going on who is this latest man of God who is this latest we are just seeking why is you yourself you were chosen vessel and the world is waiting for you and you are going around seeking miracles. When the Bible said, this sign shall follow them that believe. Is any believer here? Is there any believer here? Come on, talk to me. You are not to follow signs. Signs are supposed to follow you. Why are you following signs? Signs are supposed to follow you, but you are following signs. We got it all wrong. Somebody must be bold enough to say it and to correct it. And you know something? I really have nothing to lose anymore. I'm just telling you. I have nothing to lose anymore. And I can risk everything I am to tell you the truth. Because there's nothing you can do to me. You can't fire me. You can't fire me. Are you hearing me, somebody? I fired myself a long time ago. So you can't fire me. Somebody got to tell you the truth. We're seeking for miracles. We're seeking for acceptance of men. I've come to a place when I finish preaching, I don't ask anybody how did it go. I don't. 
who cares I just want to be sure that I said what God wanted me to say and as long as as long as I'm at peace inside of me and I know that I've done the job of the master how you care how you feel what you think it really doesn't matter I stopped worrying about what people think about me long time ago long time ago I used to be worried and concerned what are they saying I've gone past what you think about me what you think of me what you perceive of me really doesn't matter anymore there's only one thing I seek after is to be pleasing to the master and as long as I'm pleasing to him you really don't matter to me because you you can die tomorrow you can fall and die tomorrow or even tonight so you don't impress me with all your power your influence your connection your money you are nothing I've seen very powerful people years ago I was in a meeting in Ghana here and I was trying to join an organization and there was a very powerful man this guy was so powerful and he looked at me and said young man I'm sorry we can't admit you the church was young nobody knew me and I came to the fellowship we were then at a student hostel where the foreign uh, Ghana Ministry of Foreign Affairs is today and I told the church I said I went for this meeting and they rejected me and they wouldn't admit us and I said let us pray and after praying I went to Elder Saki and I said Papa this man is too powerful he, he blocked me and everybody was afraid of him so they will not allow action to register and he said the man you're talking about he just died a few hours ago he shook me and I said okay Lord I got it he taught me humility he taught me that it doesn't matter how powerful you are Use it for good. Don't use your power for evil. Don't settle scores with people. Don't think you are so powerful. Don't think you are mighty because there is one that is almighty. Say, I hear you, somebody. The Athenians, all they did was to find out what's going on. And they were talking and always wanting to know what is latest. So impact is over. What is next in time? What's coming up? Who is the next... And later online, a man of God, we ran all over the place. Babies, eating everything, swallowing everything. Colossians 2.10, Colossians 1.16 and 17. Let me show you who And Jesus ye is. are complete in him, uh -huh. which is the head of all principality and power. The man we must conform to his image. He's the head of all principalities and powers. When you conform to his image, you have dominion. Of all principalities and powers. For by him were all things created. By him was all things created. That are in heaven. That are in heaven. And that are in earth. That are on earth. Visible. Whether they are whether they be visible. Or invisible. Or invisible. Whether they be thrones. Whether they be thrones. Or dominions. Or dominions. Or principalities. Or principalities. Or powers. Or powers. All things were created all by him. All things was created by him. And for him. And for him. And he is before all and things. And he is before all things. And by him. And by him. All things consist. All things consist. Hey. Don't conform to me. Don't be like me. Don't be like me, you'll be limited. Be like Jesus. Because if you are like him, all things submits to you. Oh my God. Are you hearing me, somebody? Amen? Let me give you one scripture and let's close. Ephesians 1, from 17 to 22. And I want us to pray. 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Mm -hmm. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Being enlightened. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling. There is a hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance. And there are the riches saints. of his glory. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word. Yes sir. Who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And set him at his right hand. In the heavenly places. Yes, sir. Far above principalities. Far he's above all principalities. And power. And power. And might. And might. And dominion. And dominion. And every name that is and named. And every name that is named. Not only in this world. Yes, sir. But also in the world that is to come. Yes, sir. And I've put all things under his feet. All things under his feet. And gave him to be the head of over all things he, to the church. To the church. Over all things. To the church. That is the master. You and I must look like. When you live here, there's one thing. You know, Paul said something. He said, he said, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, if there's one thing I desire than anything else is to be like Jesus. He said, to live is Christ, not to be a doctor, a politician, a preacher, an evangelist or anything. He said, Christ to be like Christ, to live for Christ. Letting everything about Jesus determine who I am in this life. To die is gain. He said, the life that I live, I live it by the faith of the Son of God. That means I don't exist anymore. Nothing matters anymore but Jesus. Today, as you stand and we go into prayer, if there's one thing I want you to live here with, than everything else, than anything else, is to be like Jesus. Is to conform to his image. And is to check yourself every time you're upset. Is that how Jesus functions? Is to look at your life, how you treat people, how you deal with others, and you preachers, how you deal with other preachers, and what you do with other people's platform. Stand on your feet tonight. I want us to pray some few prayers tonight. One of the first things I want us to deal with is every prolonged battle, prolonged conflicts, anything that is prolonging your deliverance, your breakthrough, your healing, your change. Today, let it come to an end. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, let prolonged battles come to an end. When you leave this impact this year, every prolonged battle in your life comes to an end. We settle every contention over your life, over your health, your finances, and your future. Let it be settled in the name of Jesus. 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Samuel 3 and 1. Now there was long war between the house of Saul. There was what? A prolonged long war. Go ahead. Between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David was stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. You know what I want us to do? Before we anoint our feet, our hands, and our head. I want you to pray for somebody. Prolonged battle about their finances, their health, their spirituality, their relationship with God. 
A prolonged battle is something that keeps you unstable. You are, you are not consistent. You are struggling all the time. Every now and then you are up and you are down. But from today, you'll be up all the time. You won't be back down anymore. See, I hear you. In the name of Jesus, let prolonged battles come to an end. Put your hands together. Pray for somebody that prolonged battles are coming to an end. Prolonged battles. Let them come to an end. We decree. We command. An end to prolong battles from your father's house, your mother's house, your background. Command it. Open your mouth. Command. Those of you at home, whoever you are, wherever you are, lift up prayer. Issue a command. Prolonged battle. Come to an end. In the name of Jesus. Let it come to an end. Tulab Kimo in the name of Jesus. Now hear me. Hear me. Come with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 5. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun as an arrow which proceeded from the ruler. There is an arrow. Say an arrow. An arrow that proceeds from the rulers rulers of darkness of this world an error from political leaders an error from fathers an error from mothers any error in your life anything that is an error projected designed to disadvantage you in, the, in this world in this life let the error be corrected as you put your hands together command the error to be corrected come on somebody let the error be corrected In the name of Jesus, lift up your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. By the blood of my covenant, I command, let the error in my life and the error in the life of my children and loved ones, by the blood of the covenant, let the error be corrected. Let the error be corrected. Every financial error, political error, spiritual error family error in the name of jesus say i command the error be corrected be corrected put your hands together let the error be corrected in the name of jesus shout yes shout yes psalm 7 verse 9 Psalm 7 verse 9. All of the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. Wickedness here stands for injustice. Every injustice, every determination of any man, woman, and of any enemy and adversary to deny you, to disadvantage you, to rob you, to take from you what is rightfully yours. Today, Whatever that wickedness and injustice is, let it come to an end. Let the tables turn in your favor. Come on, somebody, put your hands together. Command the wickedness. 
there is wickedness in this world hallelujah put your hands together and shout hallelujah give me job job 38 11 job 38 11. new living translation please i said this far and no further will you come hear your proud waves must stop any audacity the enemy has let it come to an end this is how far his audacity against you can go no further from today between now and the end of this year and beyond whatever advantage the enemy has had over you whatever occasion he has used whatever legal grounds on the account of the blood of the covenant let it come to an end this wickedness this injustice will not proceed any further this is how far it goes put your hands together say this is how far this sickness goes put your hands up open your mouth come on somebody In the name of Jesus, give me Isaiah 14, 4. And one more scripture, and then we'll go into the anointing service. And I will please. Mm -hmm. You will take up this taunt and I the king of Babylon. Yes, sir. How the oppressor has come to an end. Every oppression in your life comes to an end tonight. You didn't hear me, whoever you are, wherever you are. I said the oppressor and the oppression comes to an end tonight. How, how his fury has ended any fury of the dragon any fury and venom of the snake anyone that was angry with you before this day before impact let their anger come to an end let their fury come to an end can you put listen 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 i was talking to i was talking to one of my members the other day he said papa uh, Every midnight I wake up and I pray, I, I, I read my scriptures. And I said, reading your scriptures doesn't do anything to the enemy. I said, it's not enough to read it. I said, you must enforce what you are reading. That's why you must get my book on enforcing the prophetic decrees. It's not about reading. Reading gives you understanding. It's proclaiming and enforcing what you are reading with your mouth and by your mouth that compares God to act upon his word. So stop the reading and go beyond reading. Reading gives you understanding. Proclaim it. You will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has come to an end and how his fury has ended. Any oppression, any oppressor, and let the fury of those angry with us, let it come to an end in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together, pray that prayer, make that declaration. to come to an end. Command the fury to come to an end. Now, I have two more scriptures for you. Psalm 74. Psalm 74, 14. Yes, sir. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces. Yes, sir. And gavest him to the meat, to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Any serpent, any dragon, any beast of your father's house 
of your mother's house and in this nation Ghana that is contending with your destiny today let the head of the serpent be broken in pieces we break in pieces the head of Leviathan put your hands together pray that prayer stamp your feet those of you at home online wherever you are open your mouth and force it Amen. Give me Isaiah 41, 11 to 13. Everybody that is angry with you will surely be ashamed. <laughs> you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. Let anyone. Do you know people can be angry with you for doing nothing to them? Yeah, there are people like that. They're just angry with you. Because you are not following their lead. Because you are not in their good books. They don't like you. And they are just angry with you. And the Bible said they will be greatly ashamed. Let them be put to shame. Let them be confounded and be disadvantaged and put to shame that are angry with us without the cause and the reason. Say yes. Go ahead, listen. Go ahead. Listen to this. Everyone who is angry with you will be will become completely ashamed. Uh -huh. Those who have attacked you will disappear and die. Uh-huh. Let me tell you, make no mistake. Don't attack me. Be careful. Say, make no mistake. Because you will not go unpunished. Tell someone, don't even try. Don't even try. Don't go there. And I make an announcement. Make no mistake. There's a price to pay for attacking some of us. It's not everybody you can attack and go for it. You will pay for it dearly. It's just a matter of time. Come on, put your hands on the screen. Yes. Listen, go ahead. Go ahead. Even if you look for your enemies, uh -huh. you will not find them. Uh -huh. They will all disappear. <laughs> yes, I am the Lord your God. I will hold on to your right hand. I say to you, do not be afraid. I will help you. That is God speaking. That is the word of the Lord. Anyone that is angry with you, let them be put to shame. Let them be put to shame. As we bring impact to an end, anyone that is angry with you for whatever reason, let them disappear in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together. Make that declaration. Come on, somebody. Open your mouth. Push it, push it, push it. Declare it. We are almost there. Amen. You are blessed by that word of God and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one 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 once again thank you for joining the archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life transforming power of god's blessings <laughs>